my name is Thad, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I, I, I want us to look at the screen, or if you're a handout person, it's on the little fill-in-the-blank thing there, or if you're on your app, then it's all the content you need is right on the app. So uh, John 20, verse 24 through 29 says this, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Okay, Thomas, that's a little graphic, right? But that's what, like, that's what I need to believe, is what Thomas says. Eight days later, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained or exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Every week here we have a big idea that we focus on, and today's is simple. The big idea, big idea today is believe. Believe. Believe that Jesus did, in fact, raise from the grave three days after he was placed on a cross. Put our faith in Jesus today. Follow Jesus today. Believe. All wrapped up in one word. The story of what has commonly been referred to as Doubting Thomas is what we're looking at here today. And it presents us with a, a real modern relevance, I guess you would say, of the tension that exists in the moments following the resurrection that the disciples faced. And it relates deeply to uh, what we're celebrating, obviously, in Jesus raising from the dead. The video depicted it great. Jesus lived a life. Uh, into his 30s. He, he, he followed uh, God faithfully as a son. He followed and, and lived out all of the prophecies from hundreds and hundreds of years. Every one of them he fulfilled. Virtually impossible to do that. I've heard it said uh, in a book I read that was all about like how to prove Jesus, you know, and they said, this is how hard it is for someone to fulfill every prophecy from the Old Testament. Things that they would say about Jesus, that if he did not fulfill, he was not the Son of God. They said it would be like blindfolding your, eye, your eyes and uh, having the state of Texas covered in quarters about a foot and a half deep, walking walking, walking, and when you feel the time is right, bending down and picking up a quarter that had an X marked on it. That's how hard it would be to fulfill all the words of the Old Testament that were pointing towards Jesus that he did fulfill in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. His life was lived out perfectly, and there's no way you could have done that if you tried. How many of you 
would say, man, yeah, I have had a plan since I was a teenager, and so far everything has gone according to plan, right? It's like, come on, you cannot script life. Life just happens. And so this is the tension, and he proclaimed that the ultimate proof of his life, being the Son of God, was that he would die and raise to life three days later. And now the disciples, those closest to him, were 12 guys, and they followed him for three years and watched what he did and tried to do what he did and encouraged others and, and helped minister to other people. And yet, they doubted. They were challenged. They were, they were sitting here going, oh, my goodness, right? Is this really going to happen? Jesus said he was going to raise three days later. Will he? And so then Jesus does raise, and three days later shows up to the disciples but Thomas isn't there. And there's the tension I kind of landed on when, when we were thinking about Easter this year, 2016. What would be just a passage that would connect with where we're at in our world, in our day, to, right now? And I started to think of the tension of these eight days. And so thought one is life is full of tension. Life is full of tension. From the moment Jesus revealed himself to the disciples, I mean, they, they shared this with Thomas, but Thomas was like, I wasn't there. What are you talking about? Jesus, I want to believe. I want to, but it's eight days later before Jesus shows up and Thomas is there. And the weeks leading up to this moment have been an emotional roller coaster already. Imagine being one of Jesus' followers, and you're praying in a garden, and all of a sudden, one of your 12 shows up with troops. They take Jesus, who you put your faith in as the Son of God already, and they drag him off, not being kind to him. They throw him in jail. They're persecuting him, and you're wondering, how closely should I follow this? And be safe, <laughs> you know. At a distance, the disciples had to watch. He, he watched Jesus be tried. He watched Peter deny Jesus. He heard the rooster crow that Jesus told Peter, hey, if you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. I mean, was Thomas there for that? Did he know Peter denied him? Did he know Judas went and took his life? Yet Peter was there. Peter was in the room. He saw Jesus. He got to go see the empty tomb. And Thomas is like, what, Jesus? What did I do? I mean, he had to have witnessed from a distance, probably safe distance, right? He had to have witnessed Jesus being making his way to Calvary, making his way to the, the, the Skull Hill, the hill where they crucified people. He had to have watched that from a distance. He had to have heard the pain, seen the agony, the torture of the most gruesome death that you could imagine. As Jesus was nailed to the cross, as he was lifted. Otherwise, why would he say, you know, I want to see the the holes in his hands. I want to stick my hand in his side. How did he know there was a hole in his side if he didn't see the soldier jab a spear into his side? So Thomas saw this. He saw them lower him from the cross. 
He saw them bury him in a tomb that was heavily, heavily, heavily guarded. So that no way, shape, or form, there was a rumor that he was going to raise three days later. And so if you're thinking natural means, right, you're going, let's guard this tomb so that these disciples can't trick everybody and steal Jesus. So he was aware this was happening. The sorrow, the emotion of living through that. This has been some rough days leading up to when the disciples see Jesus, right? Saturday, they call it Good Friday, and then they call it Silent Saturday, and then they call it Resurrection Sunday. Because Jesus comes out of the grave after like the largest tidy bowl man shows up. So scary, the angel of the Lord, it says, so scary that this top line troop guarding the tomb falls and pretends to be dead. Right? You're going, wow. This had to have been a real scary angel. (laughs) Just think about that. Because they know if they didn't guard the tomb correctly, they're going to be dead. Because that's the punishment for not fulfilling their duty. So the stone, this massive stone that took a bunch of guys to roll in place, the angel removes the stone and Jesus is not there. How did this happen? Mary Magdalene shows up. Jesus shows up to Mary. Right? The angel of the Lord's there. And then, then you see the, the, some guys walking to Emmaus. I mean, they left town. They're skipping town. They didn't even stick around for the resurrection to happen. And they're skipping town. And Jesus shows up to them. And then he shows up to the disciples. But Thomas is left out. Think of how you feel if you're Thomas. I was trying to imagine the narrative of the tension of these eight days that Thomas had to have been going through. Like, why me? Okay, what did I do? You didn't tell me the rooster was going to crow. You know, I didn't skip town. Why? 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 Right? And uh, I just go, man. It's like seeing a picture on Instagram or Facebook of all your friends, and they had a great night. And last night was incredible, and you realize you're going to like it, and you're like, wait, I, I wasn't invited. I wasn't there. Only like a thousand times worse, <laughs> right? The disciples are like, selfie with Jesus. Thomas is like, what? I can't like that or share that. Repost that. Turn it into a video with funny little bunny icons on it for Snapchat. I can't do any of it. Thomas had to have been upset. And think of the disciples, though. So I started to like think, ooh, Think of the tension they feel. You know when you're at the party and then you realize someone's not at the party and then you're like, they're like, hey, what'd you do last night? Uh, I was, mm, you know, which is I can tell you, okay, Jesus showed up and we were all there. It was incredible. He said, he showed us the scars. It was amazing. You should, you should totally believe. Thomas is like, why wasn't, why wasn't I there? And then the disciples are like, hey, why didn't Jesus invite, make sure Thomas was there? Hey, guys, how, how, do we get, how do we get Thomas to believe? He said he's, did you hear what he said? He needed to stick his finger in the hole. What? Thomas is losing it. He said he wanted to stick his hand in Jesus' side. 
Yeah, he's totally lost it, guys. We need to pray for Thomas. Let's gather together, right? Let's hold hands. Circle up. Thomas, can you sit in the chair in the middle? We're going to pray over you and tell you. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't do that. But I just like, you know, think of this. What did the disciples do? Like, think of being one of the disciples in that scenario. That is tough. Was there a reason Jesus made sure Thomas wasn't here? So the reality is, today, 2016, you're invited. You saw, got an invitation at an egg hunt or, or on your door lock taped. Or um, you were, our small group laughed because somebody shared how they taped invites to door locks. So I think that's sweet. Why not? Go for it. Uh, so we were, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, maybe you, you, you saw it on Facebook or wherever. A friend invited you. You show up, but you're realizing, man, a lot of these guys probably believe what he's saying right now. But I still haven't, I still haven't seen what I need to get past my doubts. You know what? Jesus gets that. You know why? It happened right here. And it's been happening for centuries. He gets it. He gets your doubts. He understands the tension you're in. He's not unfamiliar with this tension. In fact, he specializes in it. And he loves coming, and, and our doubts, and our, our just, he loves showing us what we need to see in the time we need to see it to believe in Jesus. He doesn't want us to go on in unbelief. He wants us to believe, but he'll work through the tension to get there. Maybe you walked in today, and you're just that far away from saying, tell me what I'm hoping to hear about Jesus And don't just put on a show, and I hope today you experience him. And those of us who have want you to experience him. Just like the disciples would have for Thomas, right? They've got to want it. Because life is full of tension, and your doubts are going to always exist at some level. But man, we all at some point in time in our faith are going to live in the eight days. We're going to live in that tension. But I have some great news for you. If you do feel like Thomas, today Jesus wants you to experience him and believe the same as he did for Thomas eight days later. Catch thought number two here. Your time will come. Be present. Because your time will come. Don't give up. Don't stop pursuing just because you have doubt. That's what's beautiful about faith. Because it says here in the passage today, this time as before, it may be the same message. You know what? I think I wore this shirt last Easter. I was thinking about it. I didn't go look in pictures because then I would have felt bad. But it was the most Eastery shirt I had that was in the closet. I'm being honest. Shopped around, looked. I knew if I shopped at Target, I'd be twinning with someone today. So I looked at other places this year, and I just didn't find an Eastery enough shirt. So I put this on. And I'm probably wearing the same shirt as last Easter. I'll go back and look later. I just didn't want to feel bad before I came here today. So I was like, as before, I'm sharing the Easter talk, and and I'm wearing the same shirt. That's just the reality, right? Uh, Things happen as they did before, but this time Thomas was with them, it says. Thomas was with them. And congratulations, 
You made it today. And Jesus knows you're here. He's going to come back. He's going to visit us. He's going to say what we need said. And the beauty of church is that we are together. Even though we have doubts, we could be there when he returns. Man, have you ever wondered why people go so crazy about Easter that are Jesus followers? That have believed in Jesus? They just go kind of crazy, right? I was thinking about this. Um, Not just about crazy Christian people, because there's a lot of those. But, like, I think it's because you get a room full of people that have experienced Jesus. And a room full of people who still have doubts and have yet to follow Jesus. And it's just kind of this exciting moment. The eight days was not just powerful for Thomas when it hit and Jesus showed up. But I think the disciples were going a little crazy. And everybody has a video on their phone now. And they're always on YouTube. But I started to think about those games. And usually I'm a basketball fan, except for my bracket this year. But anyway, that's besides the point. How did Kansas lose? Okay, moving on. Uh, so I'm, I'm just watching this moment occur and going, this is kind of like one of those moments that the school is at the end of the season and they've got this person that's a fan of their team or helps them out at practices that maybe has special needs and they want to make a moment for them in a game. Have you seen these videos? And people are showing up to the game with like these huge faces blown up of the people, right? And they've got like, they're, they're all set and the moment comes with like seconds left in the game. The coach puts them in and they come in and even the opponent gets in on it, right? And you watch these videos where the, the person will catch the ball and, 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 I mean, what's two points, right? And they come in and they get it and, and they pretend to defend them, but they're not really defending them and they shoot. And when that ball goes in the hoop, I'm crying so I don't see the rest of the video, right? It's like, like those videos. But the crowd's going insane, and then the end of the game happens, and they charge the field or the, the court in this instant, you know, and everybody goes crazy, lifts them up, and, and it's just mayhem. Have you seen those videos? If not, you have to go watch one today. But I didn't want to burden you with like a massive quantity of videos today. But I, I, I specifically was thinking of one and just going... That had to have been the way the disciples were on this day. Because they're for eight days going, God, I just pray that Jesus would show himself again. Because like Thomas said this thing about his finger and his hand that was awkward. And I just want him to see you. I don't know what's going to happen when he does. But Lord, right? And they're like, they have like, they, they must have like Thomas blow ups of his face, you know. And they're like, today's your day, Thomas. And day one goes and it's like, whoa. Bummer for Thomas. Yes, yeah, don't mention it. Don't talk about it at dinner tonight. You know? And then the next day comes, and they're like, hey, Thomas, no, shh, stop it. Don't mention his name. You know, I mean, think of the tension, and they're growing. And then Jesus shows up in the room on the eighth day. They had to have been like, whoa, back up, back up. This is, let's set up. Thomas, <clears throat> Thomas. You know, tap him and kind of walk away because Jesus is right there. And it's like, oh, they're going, ah. you know, they're just waiting. Well, honestly, I have to tell you this, and I'm being dead serious, and those who know me know that this is genuine. Uh, I feel that way about this city and the people in it. And I feel that way about the surrounding communities and the people in some of these communities that don't even have a, a church in them. And 
they don't have people sharing this life that, that is in experiencing and following Jesus. And I just become messed up about it. I'm like, in my prayer time, I'm, I'm imagining I've got a blown up face of every person I'm praying for just going, if only they can see you, Jesus. And so I love, I love days like today. I love Sundays. Because people walk through the door who've never walked through the door to hear about Jesus before. And I'm just sitting there on the side. Shh, this is their moment. Shh, guys, shh, set them up. What's going to happen? Right? It's that, I'm kind of giddy like that on Sundays. So that's why I'm weird. And that's why people are weird on Easter, right? That's why Christians are weird. We're all just like, shh, don't wreck the moment. He's going to hit the shot. And we're going to go crazy. So that right? That's the... That's the vibe in the room. Easter's like that for me. And then it happens. Thought number three, Jesus speaks directly to you. Jesus came back to Thomas. Just as before, the room's just as before, but now Thomas is there, and Jesus is there, and he speaks directly to him what he needs to hear to believe. First, though, he's like, peace be with you. Put yourself in Thomas's shoes. Peace? I'm amazed. I was like, was Jesus like, it's been eight days, Jesus. Peace? Right? I've not had peace for eight days. You rose eight days ago, and I've been wondering if I was the other Judas. I didn't deny you, Jesus. Peter was there? We don't see Thomas do that. Those words must have been totally absorbing of all the emotions in the room because he said, peace be with you. After eight grueling days, Thomas finally got peace spoken into his life. And Jesus does, he does the unthinkable. And I don't know if this was Thomas's idea or if this was Jesus' idea. But Jesus is like, Thomas, give me your finger. Like, that's always a bad thing in my house. I don't know if you've ever had a parent tell you, like, let me see your finger, or like, pull my finger. It's always done, either way, it's not going to be good. But he's like, Thomas, I was like, this is when we lose people at Open Life, right here, when I go off on this tangent. I predicted this, so it's okay. We loved you. Thanks for visiting. Okay, no. Um, but I was like, the, Thomas is the one who said it, right? Before to the disciples. Unless I stick my finger in a hole in his hands. And Jesus is like, here's my hands. Give me your finger. Okay. Right? It gets more gross. Jesus actually says to Thomas, because he does have a hole in his side, from the spear. He's got scars on his hands. He's got a hole in his side. He's got wounds that are present, even though he raised from the dead. And he's like, Thomas, stick your hand in my side. I'm just, I have to play this out in my head. So I'm going to bring you along with me. But I'm just going, are you kidding me? Now, I've joked with my kids before, and I'll say, you know, like, They'll be punching me. I'll go, don't punch my belly button. You might lose your hand in there for days, you know. And It's not supposed to be funny, you guys. Wow, this shirt fit better last year. Okay, moving on. Um, 
But I'm just going, you know, so I'll joke with him. But, like, Jesus is full on, give me your hand, Thomas. What if Thomas has a gag reflex? You know, did the disciples know this? Or maybe they did. Somebody in the room did. One out of 11 of the disciples had to have had a gag reflex when he's like, you know, it's like, oh, did I just feel you breathe? Right? I mean, like, what is happening in here? And why is my hand inside you? He told, I'm just, this is in the Bible, most accurate text ever written on earth, right? It's here. And Thomas is the one who originally said it. It's like, I'm kind of bent towards humor. So I was imagining, you know, you're like, if I'm Thomas and I want to freak the disciples out, I just, like, it's puppet time, you know, like, Jesus loves people, right? I love you. I don't know what I would have done while my arm was in there, but, you know, so somebody, this room was crazy at that moment. His hand was inside Jesus. Healthy lungs. Never smoked, huh? Awesome, right? That's the moment we're in. That's how real this was. Thomas heard exactly what he needed to believe. I don't know what you need, but Jesus does. He's heard you say it. As weird, as crazy, as outlandish as you have said, he'll hear it. And maybe if not today, you don't hear it. Maybe someday in the future, you're at that low moment. You're like, God, if you don't right now, then I will whatever it's amazing how many stories you hear of people where God shows up right then and does exactly what they need. It's what he did for Thomas. It's what he does for you. We sang today some words in a beautiful song called Grace to Grace that was just released on the 18th. We sang words that said, My Savior's scars victorious. I find it so amazingly beautiful. That the scars that were on Jesus' hands and the existing present wound of his side was the very symbol Thomas needed to experience love. The very symbol of death, the very thing that killed him, was the very thing that brought life. And that leads us to the final thought. Our scars show God's love. It's kind of backwards, maybe, if you think about it. It's kind of the reality, though, here is Jesus now tasks those of us who do believe to be vulnerable and, and show both the wounds that are healing and the open wounds in our life that God's still working on. And that helps people find Jesus and experience the fact that Jesus loves you through our sufferings and our weakness. We don't have to pretend to be perfect because that doesn't help anybody. We get to be vulnerable, and that shows Jesus to the world. We don't hide our imperfections because Jesus didn't. He showed them off, and that led to faith. We have to be 
brave enough to do the same and allow our weaknesses that are even present, like the open, the weakness that we're experiencing right now can help someone find Jesus. And that's why we're leading into a series for the next five weeks called Brave. To practically help us walk out, well, man, how do I increase the bravery to be real in the world around me? It's allowing others to see us while we're still healing. Jesus never sought perfection. His love is for us just the way we are. And actually, his power is made known through our imperfections. Doesn't matter when you believe, but that you believe. And that's where Jesus ends this whole dialogue, right, with Thomas. He says, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Our greatest obstacle that we have today in believing compared to Thomas is Jesus isn't standing in front of us. And and it's amazing that Jesus even thought of that when this was recorded in Scripture. He says, hey, Thomas, you believe because you see and touch and feel? How amazing is it that those who go after us will be able to believe and not see? That's the challenge here today. And before all of the parents go back and and do an egg hunt in the nursery with your children or the preschool and elementary are going to go up and and then we're going to release them to do egg hunts upstairs. We were going to do it outside, but you never know when it's going to rain on a day like today. So it's inside. And before we send you back to do all that, and then we have donuts to eat and celebrate and hang out, before that happens, I want to give you a moment. I want to give you the moment to believe. Our action point today, you guessed it, believe in Jesus. John 6, 29 says, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Jesus. I want want to give you a moment to respond to Jesus today and And we could do it in multiple ways, but on the back of your Connect card or on your digital version, you can can check, man, I believe today. I choose to follow Jesus. And, man, we jump and go crazy and wave the picture of your head in the air, right? In spirit. And, uh, uh, but that's what I'm hoping for you. And I've prayed for you is that you'd believe or start the journey. But today I'm going to do it totally different than we normally do because we usually just check that box, and I'd love that too. But today I want us to to just consider for a second, and the worship team's going to sing after we pray this in just a second, but I want want us to close our eyes and just listen to to Jesus today and and imagine ourselves in Thomas's shoes, and we're right there, we're in the face of Jesus, and he's given us what we need to follow him, to say yes to Jesus, to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior to believe. And maybe today with with your eyes closed and envisioning that moment, you would say, I need to believe. I need to no longer be faithless, but I need to choose Jesus today. 
And I just want to pray with you, those who would say that. If you're like, that's me today, I'm going to, I need to believe and I want to choose to believe today. I want you to do something very simple. I want you just on the count of three to raise your hand up. Why three? Because I want you really to think about it. I want you really to consider, man, what course of action do I need to take next? Well, next is going to be to raise your hand when we get to three. If that's you, if you want to believe. Let the doubts go away. See Jesus speaking to you the things you need. And I want to pray for you to believe today. One, two. If that's you, raise your hand on three. If you want to believe in Jesus today. Awesome. 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 That's awesome. Yes. Hallelujah. We're all facing this. I want to believe in Jesus. God, I thank you for these people who are raising their hand. And I know even that, like there's cold sweat, hands like, why is my heart beating in my hand? God, that's, that's that moment you want them to reach out and touch you, to experience you and believe in you. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I want to believe in you. I choose you today, Jesus, and I, I want to follow you. God, I pray for every one of those who just would even whisper that under their breath as they say, Jesus, I, I believe in you today. And God, may in the coming weeks they grow in relationship with you. I pray that we could connect with them, that they would check that box that they choose to follow Jesus today on their connect card so that we could follow up and help them along this journey. I can't imagine what Thomas did next. But yet you put those of us here who've been praying for Thomases in our community. I pray that, God, we would celebrate big. We thank you for the life transformation in their life and in all of our lives as we celebrate you. Thank you for giving us what we need In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen.